world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to The Geek Matrix. It's the DC Comics Review Show number 155, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. It's Rob here, and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host, Josh. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I would normally have a joke here, but there were so many fucking books this week that uh, it just wasn't funny. But um, this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get it. That's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm freaking tired. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a joke because there were so many books that it wasn't funny. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a little awesome. slow today. I'm just like we That's talked okay. before the show. It's been a long freaking week. <laughs> yeah. But we're almost there. Almost there. And if you want to tell us about your week feel free to reach us by visiting our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com for links to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Discord, and more. Check that out. And with that, you can also be a subscriber on a Discord for $2.99 a month. Very easy to get into, and you can chat with us, get access to bonus stuff, all sorts of fun goodies. That, that sounds... <sighs> I feel like I used the wrong words there. It sounds <laughs> weird. But like I said, I'm really, really tired. Holy I'm, crap. I, I'm with you right there. Like saying fun goodies to me is the same as the word naughty. Like stop yeah. calling stop calling kids naughty. Porn ruined that decades ago. Stop. Oh, God, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop calling yeah. kids naughty. <laughs> yeah. Like at work today, we were building light fixtures and one of them. It's one of these ones that has two swivels so you can angle the lights and we had to put it on a wall, but one of the swivels was so loose that it would just like swoop down mm-hmm. and bang into another light fixture. So my supervisor calls one of the, the other guys over and says, come over here. I can't get this up. And we both just, uh, like, are you going to say it or am I? Like, all like the, day, we're just passing dirty shit to each other. The, the joke is right there. What are you going to do? Exactly. Like, it's too easy. We're not touching that one. Yeah. Um, I did tons of books. Like, my joke was for real, yeah. man. There's like, I don't know, 37? <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> But I just remember my favorite dirty drug that we made like last year. We were changing out hardwood display boards. And one of the the designs, the the wood color or whatever, was called Thunderwood. So I turned to the same guy and I go, geez, when I was a kid, Thunderwood meant something completely different. (laughs) And he said, it still does. It never went down. It never went down. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes. Except if you're for your manager. If you're if your wood is a four hour thunderwood, please consult your doctor. Thunder, thunder, thunderwood. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, my. Uh, then I'm, I'm thinking of so. So many bad powers combined. Thundercats jokes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, 
I'm saving it for work. That's where the dirty jokes stay. That's where the <laughs> dirty jokes stay. Yes. Uh, okay. So yeah, as as you figure, we're not here for dirty jokes. We are here for comics, and we have quite a few. As Josh said, so many freaking books this week. So many I, books. I, I realized just before we started recording that. I forgot to read two. I flipped through them, but I forgot to actually read them properly. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Not ones hey. we're reviewing, thankfully, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. my hands on a little bit of everything and plus some. Did you get your fingers around the uh, around the manga books? Manga books? No, I, I did see those, but I, I haven't had a chance to go into them yet. They look interesting. I, I didn't them. know they were coming out so soon. No, so I heard about I. them a couple of weeks ago. That's interesting. Yeah, it looks looks really good, especially the Batman one. Well, looks solid. Uh, the Batman one is there. The honorable mentions this week are Multiversity, Harley Screws Up, the DCU, number six, Danger Street, number seven, Superman Lost, number five, Night Terrors Flash, Night Terrors Robin, Night Terrors Shazam, and then three books released under DC Manga. So... Those are plenty. Um, multiversity, that's great. I don't mind it. I like this one better than I better than I liked Multiversity Teen Titans because I feel like, as crazy as the story is, it's it's headed in in like a believable direction. Like like this is coming to a close, and I feel like Multiversity Teen Titans was just kind of all over the place because they had to work in all of these conflicting characters and then they also had to make a point to show how different they were from the ones we know um but uh yeah. so it multiversity they're good efforts harley harley's good uh danger street number seven uh ask brandon i'm tired of telling you guys it sucks superman lost number five <laughs> does not suck um, then we also, like I said, Night Terrors, Flash, Robin, and Shazam were out there, and I will mention more about those and the manga books. Is it manga or manga? I keep on all I know is it's not mango because I hate mangoes. <laughs> no, it's uh, I, 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 I've always called it manga. I think manga. that's I think manga, that's manga. the proper pronunciation is manga. It's Some people say, say manga, which is fine, but manga I think is like the actual thing. Manga, manga, manga it's way fun. It's yeah. really fun to say. Exactly. Manga, manga. All right. So anyway, it's like it's like uh, what was it uh, that when that Muppet used to say? Not waka waka. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. The Muppet used to say waka waka. That was Fozzie. Uh, I know Fozzie the bear. There was a song about waka waka. Huh? Manamana. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Manga manga. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it doesn't quite work the same, but yeah, you, you know where I'm going with that now. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um I love that. We we've had a few <laughs> news announcements this week, not with comic books, but quite a lot in the movie world. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so yes. I haven't been keeping up with anything other than that blue beetle trailer which Hell i have now yeah. watched like a half a dozen times i yes. don't do that this looks so good yeah <laughs> i i'm seeing comments already because i think it's being it's the second 
full trailer and also build us the final trailer, which is fine. The movie comes out in a few months. Right. <clears throat> um it really, really should be the final trailer. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Please don't, please don't, don't do show anymore. Anymore. Um, as some people have I've seen some people in comment sections saying so they've shown the whole movie at this point, right? And I don't think that's true. I don't I think they learned their lesson finally that this is not the whole movie shown. Obviously, they showed Carapax uh and they showed the basic plot, but I don't think they showed the whole movie. There's gotta be some twists in there. And it's it's known simply by the fact that the bug is there in the movie you can assume that ted cord is involved and ted cord has not assume we do know that victoria is the only one that's confirmed right that's who we see Jaime talking to yeah her first appearance was in this trailer the first time we see her in the movie so that's that's all we knew about from casting as far as i remember we never heard of an official definite Ted Cord casting. So I think that that's going to be a big surprise reveal in the movie is a Ted Cord, And that's going to be the connection to the ongoing DC universe from James Gunn and Peter Safran. That would be cool. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And that leads into my next theory. Sorry, before I go ahead, what were you going to say? Oh, I just, I think that Blue Beetle and whether or not it's a part of the Gunverse all depends on how good it does. Like exactly. Well, that's if it's that's done exactly. well, it's going to be a part of it. If it's if it sucks, it let, got left behind. Yeah, it'll be gone the way of the Flash. Zolo does such a good job. I just want to put that out there. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, after watching him for the past few years in Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. I was definitely excited to see his Jaime Reyes, and I have no doubt that he could do a good Jaime. Mm-hmm. And so far, he's doing an excellent Jaime. I like it. Mm. What? Who's that? <laughs> my my one uh like negative thing to this though, and mm. I do hope maybe it was just for the trailer, is Kaji Da is speaking English. And I well, don't necessarily like that. But unless it's just the I that's what I'm hoping it's just for the trailer, and then in the actual movie, it's like an actual alien language. Either that or Jaime just understands it. That's what I'm going to assume is that Jaime understands it because the scarab is on his back. And uh, that's why we're hearing it in English. Yeah. It's kind of translated through Jaime. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really, that that was always one of my favorite things that Kaji does. Like the, the stuff you learned about the scarab and, and through Jaime's stories and, and just the, the alien language and the reach. And I really am looking oh, forward to, to seeing... <laughs> teases of that in this movie or at least the 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 reach language from the scarab i think that would be awesome to see that's that was always been one of my favorite aspects of of jaime's story um we definitely cannot eliminate the whole alien part of this no which i am so excited about being a huge fan of dc cosmic um so that also that's two segues into my next point um actually (laughs) i forgot to open up the actual article so i could get names Uh, sorry okay so um i think if ted cord is involved in the blue beetle movie which is almost a given considering the bug is there and it's called blue freaking beetle. Uh, 
that that could be a tease to a Justice League International. It could. We've actually talked about that before. Yes. However, I, I don't know that cord is necessarily required. No, it's not required, but if he's there, there's a definite push that he could be on the team. Yeah. Especially considering other characters that were announced this week that will be part of Superman Legacy written by James Gunn. And he, obviously James Gunn is very, very heavy on social media. So he has talked about this the past couple of days about uh, why these specific characters are in it uh, and just that it's about the story. It makes sense for the story and it's organic for the story. And that's what he's about is the story. And if it helps for that, it helps the movie. Uh, but Superman and Legacy. Hmm? He writes movie characters the same way Tom Taylor writes comic book characters. Insofar as he loves to take shit you don't know and make you fall in love with it. Yes. And none more so than. Never in a million years that I think I would ever give a flying fuck about the creeper. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What part of the creeper? In 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 deceased. Oh yeah, I'm with you on that tree, creeper. I'm yep. with you on that tree. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So this week it was announced that Superman Legacy uh, has added Isabella Merced to the cast, playing Hawk Girl. I believe it's Kendra Saunders. I don't think that was specifically said which Hawk Girl, um, but they did show a picture of Kendra's Hawk Girl next to her. So it's most likely Kendra. Yeah, um, it'll be Kendra because oh, yeah. Kendra is the star of the new Hawk Girl book, that whole nine yes. yards. They're not going to make things confusing from there. That's, That's probably yeah. why it's yeah, happening. That'd be the best way to go about it. Uh, Eddie Gathigi is, and I hope I pronounced his name right, it's the first time I've ever said it, is playing Mr. Terrific, and you've seen him in, um, uh, I don't remember the name of the show, but he was also in X-Men First Class, where he played um, Darwin, the guy whose mutant's ability changes to whatever situation arises to help him survive. And then the first time he showed up as a mutant ability, he died. I don't know why. <laughs> it's kind of counterpoint to the entire power set he had, but <laughs> I'm excited to see his mission terrific because he was actually really good in that movie. Um, uh, second announcement separate from this, but I'm saving the my favorite for last. Uh, Metamorpho is also going to be the Superman legacy and the uh, star, not star, but one of the stars of Barry, uh, Anthony Kerrigan will be playing Rex Mason and he looks the part so freaking well. He's also really good on Barry and I can't wait to see his metamorpho. <laughs> it's going to be a very weird metamorpho. Uh, and finally, Nathan Fillion. Wait, hold on with the last guy. I just want to back it up. This isn't his first trip into comic books because he was also oh. Victor Zaz in Gotham. Oh, shit. So I never watched Gotham past like the first three episodes. So I had he, no he was he was like 
one of the best characters on there. Interesting. Yep. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, uh, dear listeners, Nathan Fillion. That's right. I said Nathan Fillion, a man who has been tied to many a geek project in the past, namely Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, Guardians of the Galaxy, among many others. He's Nathan Fillion. We all love Nathan Fillion. Exactly. Except for those few people. Uh, no, there's a co- yeah. even uh, even cartoons love Nathan Fillion. Yes. Like, uh, what is that? Big voiced Mouth. Hal Jordan. Big Mouth, the cast, is in love with Nathan Fillion. I mean, yeah. He shows up Big and... Mouth cast <laughs> they love him. <laughs> Nathan Fillion is awesome, and I'm re-watching Firefly right now. Just side note. Carry on. Yes. Um, yeah, he voiced Hal Jordan as Green... Uh, Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. He voiced Hal Jordan Green Lantern uh, in... Excuse me. Again, I need to sneeze, but it's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> that surprises uh, me. I completely forgot all about that, man. But it yeah. makes sense. He's got that right voice for Hal. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. I, I think it it was in... I don't remember what the name of the movie was. Uh, but it was the animated movie adaptation of the, the New 52 uh justice league story the first arc where dark side shows up their origin story it was right. that that animated adaptation but i don't remember what the movie was called was it dark side war might have been i it think that's been. what um i think that's what it was yeah uh by the way yeah he voiced hal jordan in that and i think another couple of animated features um yeah and he was really good. And after that, like people were like, why doesn't he play Hal Jordan IRL? And that's because we already had Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. And then there was no other live action Green Lantern. So right. recently. Well, do you remember a while back when they were talking about a Legion movie? Somewhat. Yeah, I think I heard rumors about it. They, yeah. yeah, they fan casted Nathan Fillion as Arm Fall Off Boy. And then he became the detachable kid. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? That's perfect. Yeah. Well, now, and this is actually going to be interesting because I forgot he was the detachable kid. If the Suicide Squad is involved, how is Nathan Fillion, if if the Suicide Squad is going to be kind of tied into James Gunn, James Gunn's larger DC universe, and how is Nathan Fillion also going to be playing Guy freaking Gardner? <laughs> see now i have a problem oh i i i I, you ever been flipping through like your news feed or uh, a social media and you're like oh shit i really want to save this and like you scroll past it just a little bit and you go to scroll down and then it's gone yeah but i saw a picture of nathan fillion with a very distorted body um suit a very distorted body suit on right and uh there's absolutely zero chance that it was guy gardner i mean oh no he they haven't started anything they just he's just been cast yeah okay yeah Yeah. i don't know why in the hell i'm trying to rack my head around that that could have been from bodies Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Guardians I don't know if it was galaxy. just voice work or if he actually did mocap work in the movie as well. He must have, because that thing was huge. His upper body yeah. was gigantic in the suit yeah. that I saw. 
I know in the, in the first movie he played one of the he voiced one of the the prisoners in the the prison. Um, but one of the like the large monsters. So I think the one that Groot stuck its tentacles up the nose. <laughs> I think that was the one Nathan Fillion voiced. Uh, but that's another James Gunn project. This is new, and he's playing Guy freaking Gardner. And my favorite part yeah. is uh confirmed we're getting the bowl cut i mean it's guy gardner there's literally nothing trademarky about him other than his bowl cut and a green lantern jacket yeah that's the only thing that you can i mean he doesn't have any definitive things about him you have to have the red bowl cut if you if you don't have the red bowl cut in the movie you're just not trying to show us guy gardner Exactly. <laughs> now, recently, past 10 years or so, Guy Gardner, at least maybe since Rebirth, he's had a crew cut. And it's it's fit the character. Um, and then briefly in Red Lanterns, he had long hair and a handlebar mustache. And that took a bit of time, but it was also kind of good. <laughs> Omega Bam Man. Omega Bam Man, yeah. Um, Be looking like George Lopez with that mullet and blue beetle. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, so I'm not trying to make all of this about Green Lantern, but like Nathan Fillion not only is a big name in the geek world, but Guy Gardner is also a, a Green Lantern character that doesn't get a lot of love. Indeed. And Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, and Hawkgirl are all getting quite a bit of love right now. Um, Guy Gardner kind of just gets a bad rep for being an asshole, Wait. but he's an asshole in the best way possible. <laughs> it's not going to be JLI, homie, and I'm I'm so sorry, but he's working towards a terrific movie. That honestly, I, I, I the, there's there's it. been think about I, it. I don't want to say rumors hot if girl, not like teased, hot girl because Mr. T Rex, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. That's going to be plastic like a... man. And I think that mm-hmm. that character is, is a character that James Gunn has mentioned is on a list for him. Yep. Uh, and James Gunn, he, he always teases stuff. He posts photos of what he's checking out, what he's pictures of his office. And people have seen like comics on his, his table. And there was a copy of the terrifics. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, you might be onto him. something there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. See JLI has a million different iterations the justice league a million different iterations jsa a bunch of different iterations so you can walk into that starting your shit right off the bat in your first five movies try to tackle a team and you're going to get a bunch of people who backlash because why in the hell ain't fire on that team or you know what i mean not my justice league international we don't need that kind of shit. So invent the terrifics. Take some lesser <laughs> note. You know what I mean, don't you? I, I'm just thinking, like, if I if I hear people say, not my JLI, I'm like, who's on the fucking team? Right. Right. <laughs> tell <laughs> me who's who's your JLI? <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell me. Who is the JLI? If you can tell like, me that, I'll I'll shut up. <laughs> it's like 50% of the DC roster at one point. Yeah, I'm not even trying to gatekeep. I'm just like, at this point, the JLI is such a niche point in Justice League history that only realistically hardcore fans remember it and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. JLI is mostly remembered for one moment, and that's Batman punching Guy Gardner in the face. That's pretty (laughs) much it. Yeah. 
Name That's me a another mean. story arc from JLI. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've read it, and you look like you're having a hard time right now thinking about. I it. am, <laughs> and I read. I read. Um, I think I may have read everything JLI. Yeah. Well, shit. I Rob. believe it. Like you, you, <laughs> you grew up in that area. You grew up in that era. It would make sense that you read everything JLI because that was a bomb ass book. But tell me another defining moment from that series that wasn't Guy Gardner getting punched in the face in issue five. Guy Guy Gardner, there was a romantic story involving Guy Gardner in that book, too. And I can't remember who it was with. Was it fire? It must have been ice. Ice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's still going. Oh, is it? Yeah, that never okay. really stopped. There's Te- some there was some kind of some kind of arc revolving revolving man i can't even think of any booster gold beetle centric stories and there had to have been some it was damn freaking jurgens at one point that's what i'm saying (laughs) wow that's crazy yeah see that's that's how memorable that book is and so if anybody if i hear anybody say that if they do jli and i hear anybody say it's not my jli i'm gonna ask them that question who is the jli to you and they're not going to be able to answer it and I'm going to win that argument. <laughs> this is a good JLI. <laughs> but I still think you're right. Terrifics definitely seems the way that they, they might be going. Uh, but Guy Gardner would most definitely not be involved in the Terrifics, I think. Unless that's the replacement for Plastic Man. Oh. Oh, kind of still fits the bill, right? Plastic Man is able to shapeshift into any form guy can and create anything super with the powerful ring. and yeah and he, can, he can control his inertia and all of that shit yeah so i mean he plastic for those of people who don't he's not just a, a wisecracker plastic man is the strongest character in the entire dc universe yeah no lie not just some off the wall opinion it's canon so yes He's the absolute most powerful guy. And if you're going to have somebody drop out and take his place, it, it would have to be. There's there's no other big ass groups with super powerful people. You're yeah. not going to bring Wonder Woman in. They're not going to bring a Wonder Woman junior in, which is how Gen Pop, the general population would see it. Yeah. Uh, bringing in a fan favorite Green Lantern. Uh, I'll put an asterisk there. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, because guy does not get a lot of love. The top, the top three are always going to be Hal, John, and Guy. Is that because they're the first three? And because everybody hates on on Kyle and pisses me off. (laughs) See, whenever I and the new ones don't get enough lie. Kyle Uh, is usually the discussion. It's usually Kyle, Hal, and John are like the top three talked about because my generation grew up with Kyle as Green Lantern in the comics and John as Green Lantern on the cartoon and Hal being the most famous Green Lantern. Nobody thinks about Guy Gardner. Then they, they look up the wiki, see he did some asshole stuff and think, oh, well, this guy's a piece of shit. Why would I care about this guy? Completely ignoring the point of why he does asshole shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is yeah. completely annoy- ignoring it. However, yeah. that hating him, I used to hate Reed Guy Gardner. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, like literally, as a as a kid, I'm like hate reading this comic because I mean, like, I've got all these different 
Green Lanterns out there, and they're all good guys. Yeah. What is this asshole's problem? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It doesn't had to keep reading it. It kept it kept me reading it just to hate read him. Yeah. Um. So I I I got to go watch him go through a couple of different evolutions. He's he's changed a lot. If there's if there is any Green Lantern that's been a mainstay that has gone through more evolutions than anyone it's it's guy gardner and that's saying a lot when we're talking about hal jordan being in the picture yeah i the and i'll say this besides sinestro the only green lantern that wielded a yellow ring properly Uh, mm, yeah i want to say i want to say ceramic and uh, no i want to say jessica cruz yeah, but that's that, she uh, didn't. She didn't get to do it very long, and she, most of she her didn't shit really do it at all. <laughs> right, most of her shit was outwitting them and not using the ring or fear. Quite she so had that annual issue, out, which was out, the best part of, of of that run. It was the best part of the whole fucking thing. <laughs> but that's here's the thing, and and just one quick tangent. I went to reread that issue because I had fond memories of that issue being the best issue of, of that twelve issue run. Mm-hmm. And then I read it and like, damn, this is not as good as I remember. <laughs> read read the rest of the run. Well, that's the thing. It looks good in comparison to the 12 fucking issues you got. Yeah. But if you're reading <laughs> it by itself, it's like, oh, this is kind of just a subpar lantern story. Like <laughs> what what is going on? Why is Jess and Hal fighting? <laughs> well, I mean, I liked it because you get to see Jess shed a very huge chunk of her anxiety yeah like that's that aspect of the story was really good they they did that they stripped kelly of her gauntlet um they stripped simon baz of all powers and gave him a mech suit they sent they turned they sent john away and then turned him into a green god and then they just decided well you know what fuck that we're just going to kind of put everything back to house well technically like there's still all these other planets out there pulled out of hyper time that are just roaming somewhere in the dark sectors and there's two john stewart's in the universe one with the powers of a god one kind of with the powers of god and doesn't use them. <laughs> one looking for his wife and one trying to live his life on earth and it's, it's very just like which direction do I go? <laughs> I don't know? know. Maybe not create two of them to begin with. You know, <laughs> I think bringing Katma back kind of messed shit up. Yeah, kills a bit of character progression with John. A lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. That's as like it kind of messed me up a little bit when they introduced that Mister Terrific's kid was alive, and I'm like, what? How is yeah. that even possible? But that's that's a whole nother direction yeah a whole bunch of other story arcs possibly a jeremy adams story that will never get told which is a <laughs> bunch of bullshit yeah, it's a very big bummer um okay jeremy, jeremy adams if you're reading this can you just finish it on reddit or something <laughs> <laughs> uh okay tiny, so... tiny little chunks on your instagram story yeah just, just, <laughs> just little bits that's all we need um 
So that's enough about DC news. We have one last little bit of movie news. I was actually going to open with it, but jumping into Blue Beetle was so organic, I couldn't just stop. Um, from Marvel, uh, and I didn't realize this at the time, it was the first uh, Twitter post on the Deadpool movie account since Deadpool 2 came out on DVD. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they posted a picture of uh deadpool and logan walking together in their suits and you get a first look at wolverine's suit in deadpool 3 we're talking trad yo traditional wolverine yes yellow (laughs) spandex you say yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's it's not their interpretation it's just like deadpool's costume you are getting it sucked right out of the books oh god yeah they've even updated deadpool's costume a bit i saw a comparison between the suit and deadpool 2 Uh and the new one deadpool 3 and it is updated and looks it still looks freaking amazing but does look a little closer to the comics version yes sir and i think the material's different too it's not so much leather it looks more like a like a felt type material which i found interesting Almost like a body armor instead of just like leather, but looks good. Looks Makes really sense. good. Yeah. And Wolverine, you didn't see a, a mask. There was no helmet or anything. It was it was just bare head, but full body suit, sleeves, and everything. Yellow and blue. Uh, and I got to double check, but I'm pretty sure there was even like the little gaps for the claws with the metal round bits. Looks there so was the blue. Good. The yep, the blue trim was all there. The fucking belt was right. Yes, it had an X. It had a freaking yep. X. Matt, I'm yep. gonna go look at the photo again right now just to be sure about the claw holes. Uh geez, I posted a lot of shit in the There's a, somebody <laughs> threw a theory around that I saw, and yeah, I can't remember there. if it was in our Discord or not. I think that was the first play place I heard it. Um that we're looking at uh what is probably marvel being uh funny and having deadpool kill off the fox universe yes that that i think it was uh isaiah posted that but also it's it's a rumor that a theory had heard about a couple of years now even when deadpool 3 was announced i think when when it was announced that logan was going to be involved they were like maybe they're doing this and um I, I think that could definitely be the case. I think that's that's definitely a, a good way to go about it, especially since you know they already got one character back, and it's the best way to just because yeah, have him go into the MCU. All you would need is a bunch of uh, cameos, the same way that they did Doctor Strange. Yeah. And really, I mean, you wouldn't even have to do all of them. Just do the standouts. You got Colossus that's right there. Yeah. I would bring in Anna Pekin as Rogue because that's yeah. a definitive character. I would probably do uh, Scott Summers. I would oh, make yeah. sure that, that they got killed. Um, I would bring in... Uh, oh, uh, I can't remember what her real name is. And I'm gonna kick myself because she's a great actress. But um which from, from Game of Thrones and she played uh she was in New Mutants. 
she was Arya in Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. That's what yeah. it is. Um, that that would be awesome. Uh, just just pull some key ones. You don't need. To, we don't need to see them all killed. Just was pull she some. Spain? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember now. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I didn't think it was as bad as everybody else did. As long you know, I mean, it was Fox. You knew you were not getting anything out of the consoles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that's that's the thing about it, though. Um, I even saw a mock-up today, and it brought up a property I completely forgot was a Fox property for Marvel. They didn't just do X Men; it was just the one that was the most successful. They also had Daredevil and Fantastic Four. Yeah, Daredevil and Fa- yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. You could pull in Electra because, if I'm not mistaken, Jennifer Gardner has um been attached to marvel again i think i heard that little tiny rumor does sound familiar actually yeah um so that wouldn't surprise me even if ben affleck doesn't show up i mean if if you get him for a quick cameo i mean so far ryan reynolds yeah that's it ryan reynolds has pulled shit out of his ass for cameos he got chris evans for free guy he got brad pitt for deadpool 2 and he got Hugh Jackman to come out of Wolverine retirement for an entire fucking movie. <laughs> like, right. I think he can talk Ben Affleck into making a no 10 second appearance to get shot in the head. Uh, he's the better looking, he's the better looking equivalent to Kevin Smith. Like, how does he do this? <laughs> <laughs> and just what I really hope happens is if they do get Ben Affleck to show up as daredevil just make a batman joke (laughs) oh absolutely yeah just wait you're blind and you fight crime your name should have been batman and just like something like that just do that and then shoot him in the head like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it writes itself (laughs) right you're just like man you kind of look from anyway yeah um what they also need to do is pull in um Get Chris Evans back as Johnny Storm. Or as, well, I mean, you could. That'd be could. great to see. He was the that best be part cool of that to movie. See. Yeah. <laughs> have him come back as Johnny Storm, but he'd have to come in on fire first. Yeah. I don't know if anybody would even remember that. But anyway, what I was going to say is. Yes. Have somebody from the current Marvel Universe in the movie as well. And he like is in the middle of a fight, and and they show up to you know stop the fight or whatever, and he puts his gun up. To, and he goes, "Wait a minute, not you!" And then he continues the fight. Yeah, That's, that needs yeah. to happen too. Yes, <laughs> yes. How how cool would it be though, as well, if this is how they introduce MCU Wolverine? Like they have Ryan Reynolds Deadpool working with Hugh Jackman's Logan for two and a half hours to kill off the Fox universe. And then at the end, Hugh goes back to like, I don't know, Logan timeline and, and dies again. And mm-hmm. then Ryan Reynolds Deadpool turns around and sees a younger Logan or whatever. It's MCU Wolverine. Or dare yeah. I say, dare I say the ultimate Wolverine, his son. His name escapes me. Talking about Dakin? No, no, the ultimate version. I don't know. Oh, you mean okay, more more Marvel Ultimates. Never mind. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have the slightest clue. If Brandon was here, he I don't know how he'd feel. <laughs> I think he liked that story. That it was a weird one. I know of Miles Morales, Nick Fury, both of those came out of Ultimates. Yeah. Um the maker, if you know the maker. Iron Heart was from the Ultimates or no? No. Okay. Then I don't know any other than than those two. Everybody else apparently was insignificant to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean the the Ultimate Universe was just a copy of the original universe, but more mature. So a lot of the characters were the same. Mm-hmm. All right. Some had some personality differences. Some would say personality defects, but they were ultimately the same character. And then there were new ones, right? Like Miles Morales. Yeah, but they were they were kind of sporadic. Uh, some of them were reinterpretations. Uh, like when I was it Jessica Drew was introduced to Spider-Woman. She was a clone of Peter Parker during the ultimate clone saga. Yeah. (laughs) It was really interesting that she stuck around for a while. I mean, cool character. And I love Spider-Woman. The little that I've read of her, it's an interesting character. I think she probably deserves a little bit more love. She just doesn't have a story there sitting for her. Um, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. See, those are the characters that need to be grouped up with people like Moon Knight. And yeah. having, having a, a a small Defenders team that is actually a Defenders team and not just a bunch of people thrown together for a really cool fight by Charlie Cox. <laughs> I can agree there. All that's, right. That's something, you know, I'm just going to, I know it was a long ass time ago, but you want to talk about impressive choreography. That was all one fucking shot. That oh God. Yeah. Nearly what? Nearly 10 minutes of fucking fighting. That hallway fight scene. Yeah. That was yeah, fantastic. It, it, the first it, one on Daredevil. My, yes. Yeah. Mind blowing. I have not seen shit like that since Jet Lee. <laughs> yeah anyway okay and just even like i don't know how much of it halfway through the fight was acting and how much of it was just this is exhausting but charlie cox looking actually just so tired (laughs) halfway through the fight and being held up by the fight is a long fucking time man yeah (laughs) and obviously you could see the parts where like a stunt person would cut him come in and out but it's still one shot, one take, really well executed. It was fantastic. Yes, it was. Yeah. To this day, I think still in the top five, if not top ten of Marvel fight scenes. Oh, shit. I think it's by far the best. Yeah. By far the best. You can uh, put it up against CGI anytime. That was real people doing real shit in exactly. one fucking take. Yeah. Best action scene Marvel's ever done. Yeah. And it was by Netflix. Ha ha. <laughs> and, and if I could say just to double back on a point as well, the 2005 Fantastic Four cast that was a really happen. good cast. It was a really good cast. Decent talent for sure. Oh, yeah. The dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. One of them. I mean, as far as I mean, superheroes go, I can't it, believe that anyone 
spent money on that. Comparing it to the 2015 version, I can definitely see how people spent money on it. For 2005. Yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. My bad. I was talking about the 2016 version, not the 2005 version. Yeah, no, the 2005 version. My bad. Yeah, with Chris Evans, Ian Griffith. Fucking awesome cast. Actually, decent plot. I think he was a good thing. I think Chris Evans. I think think, uh, Evans was a good human torch. I think Fantastic was a great job. I did not like Elba, and I did not like Dr. Doom. I I didn't mind Dr. Doom. I did find him a little dry. Yeah, he just, it didn't, he wasn't intimidating. Yeah. He just came off as like mildly arrogant and jealous. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, ew, you know? Yeah. Not, not, oh no. (laughs) When when he was in the armor, it was a little bit different, but still didn't have the the right gravitas for the role. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I can definitely agree with Jessica Alba. I did not dislike Jessica Alba's Sue Storm. But it didn't have the same feel that Griffud's Reed or Michael Triclis's thing or or Chris Evans' Fanta- or uh, Human Torch had. Just didn't have right. the same feel to it. But she was still really good in the role, I think. Mm-hmm. And as that core family, the four of them, I think, killed it in both movies. Even though Rise of the Silver Surfer was a bit of a dumpster fire in times. The Big first bad people one are clouds, okay? Yeah, such Big a stupid idea. Bad people are clouds, um, okay? But the first one was what really the good. The first one was, I think, still really good. Yeah, and for the time, they made uh, they made NORAD look fucking awesome. Uh, the Silver Surfer, they made the Silver Surfer look awesome. That was yeah. really good for the time, but horribly disappointing for Galactus or yeah. or. <laughs> There was a lot, there was, there were some problems, but by far, I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Well, let me put it to you this way. Compared to the 2016 version, the 2005 version is a masterclass in cinematography and acting. Sorry, say that again. (laughs) Compared to the 2016 version. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 2005 is a master class. Yes. That would definitely, yeah. Because yeah. that... I try not to talk about that. It's, like, it's like 2016 Fantastic Four. Okay, hear me up, guys. This is the pitch. You ready? What if we take the Fantastic Four and make them not fantastic? Huh? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> that was... No, That that's the only way that that meeting could have went down. Yeah, well, I actually have some insight. And I was going to bring it up, but f- like to prime it, uh, Angela still says to this day that going to see that movie was a triple date for us uh, with two other couples, but it is by far one of the best times she's ever had on a date with me because she didn't watch the movie. She just watched me watching the movie and watched my reaction to all the stupid ass shit happening on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. When I walk out of a theater... After seeing a movie, a superhero movie, at least comic book movie, I, I'll take my time. We're like, oh, okay, that was good. All right. And then we'll wait till we get to the restaurant or the car or whatever. So what did you think of it? And then I'll like expo and I'll talk about it. On the way to the door, out of the, the movie theater, after getting off the seats, 
I was ranting and raging about how stupid this fucking movie was. And all the way down the hall, Angela was killing herself laughing. because like, what the mm-hmm. fuck was that? Who was Dr. Doom? What was that? like, uh, I was so upset. So upset with that movie. Like, did Dr. Doom play with shortwave radios as a kid? What is, <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? He was, I'll tell you that, um, I've only seen it once and I stopped paying attention about 20 minutes into it. Good. I mean, <laughs> it's a better it, time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad. Of course, yeah. I didn't even, I when when I, you know, you see the trailers, I didn't even go to the theater for it. Yeah. I regret when, going to the theater for it. You know. <laughs> I hate that my money went to that movie. No. And you know what? I should straight up like, if it wasn't for the tremendous cast around Black Panther, because um, that's the exception, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, any movie with Michael B. Jordan in it kind of sucks. Creed sucks. What? Creed sucks. You suck. <laughs> it's hey man, I'm gonna rip off Rocky. I'm gonna make Rocky again. It's regurgitated shit. It's like making another Rambo. It's like this making not- another. It's like making the other Halloween. And I love the new Halloweens, but it's the same thing. It's just regurgitation. It's nothing new. I, that's that's fine and well, but there's there's a thing with me. Like there's one thing. If somebody in Hollywood is like, I love this movie as a kid, I'm gonna remake it. But they had nothing to do with the original. But when you have people that worked on the original and were part of the original and they want to like do it again you get a special moment there and the fact that sly was basically the catalyst to bring creed to life being so heavily involved in rocky the first place yeah and uh you know basically brought this project to life i think that definitely brings it a bit more life you know i don't know same with gave, Scream, same with Halloween. I, I saw, I've seen, I've seen the first two. Um, I just, I, I just don't like his, his talent. Like, um, I'm very what curious what it is, is about Michael e. Jordan you don't like. Because <laughs> he, he's the same character in all of his, in all of his movies. Like literally every single movie, he's the same character. I would argue it's like, that. His I'm, I'm Killmonger badass. was very different from his Johnny Star. <laughs> it was still poorly acted, but yes, it was very boastful and arrogant. That's I'm gonna kill you attitude, but at the core, it's the exact same fucking character. He has no range at all. At all. He's getting he's getting jobs just because he fills the card when there's so much more talent out there that could be doing more that don't have. 15 inch biceps. Uh, That's what I'm saying. He's he's the okay. he's, he's George Lopez right now, and it pisses me <laughs> off because he's not. I, any I can good. respect the opinion. I can respect you know? the opinion. Yeah. Um, but speaking of opinions, maybe we should share some. <laughs> Just the, 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 the one last point I want to tangent on to, and I know we've been going a while. Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break after this. Um, I heard about it a couple of years ago on one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, I believe. I think that's where I heard it. I think I read about it at, in another place a couple weeks after. So it kind of corroborated the story that 
the fan four shit movie we got was never supposed to be originally and a script was written and exists it wasn't originally supposed to be just fantastic four it was originally supposed to be a fantastic four x-men crossover movie Hmm. and then they got i think it was josh trank come in to direct it and then he got all high and mighty. He's like, well, no, I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to tell the story I want to tell and get my writer to come in and write the script. And then he got his writer to come in and write the Fantastic Four movie that we got. <laughs> well, there's, there's double, horrible. there's double anchors there than to uh, what made that movie horrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anything he's attached to is horrible as well. And, and I don't remember what the story beats were that we'd heard about in this crossover movie. But I do remember thinking, why the hell didn't this get made? (laughs) This sounds fucking awesome. (laughs) But that's unfortunately what we got. And we will never see that movie come to life unless Deadpool three brings those two worlds together. But we'll see. That brings us around again. We will see. All right, we've been talking a while. I think uh, we we should take a quick commercial break. Uh, Almost and, an hour. And then we will come back and get right into the books. Stay tuned. Welcome back to <laughs> the Geek Matrix. One of these episodes, I won't pause and almost say not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not robots. We are totally geeks. Yep. And Welcome we're to in the Matrix. the Matrix. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Yep. Yeah, I took the purple pill so I could live between them, much like our <laughs> very first book. <laughs> that, that's a hell of a transition. All right. This is Spirit World number three, written by Alyssa Wong with art from Haining, colors from Sebastian Cheng and letters from Janice Chang. Uh, I didn't write down the cover, but I believe the cover was the same artist. Uh, So Xanthi and Constantine picking up where we left off in issue two are finishing off a spirit monster and Batgirl shows up. Cassandra Kane shows up right at the end to help take out this monster once and for all. So after finding her, they try to convince her to come home, but she wants to stay in the spirit world to help some of the people she promised to aid. Despite the danger involved, the duo reluctantly agree to help her. They then head to an information broker who has a reputation in the spirit world of very dangerous deals. Cass lets him feed on her for a moment in order to get what they need out of him. And she does end up remembering through this, uh, I was going to say torture, but it was just a bite in the arm. Yeah, just a nibble of blood uh, that she was in the spirit world before when her mother yeah, just a nibble of blood. Um, <laughs> uh, she had been in the spirit world before when her mother killed her and brought her back to life. And bad Lady the... Shiva. Oh, yeah, very bad. Bad Lady Shiva. <laughs> uh, and as that is happening, Popo's apartment is broken into and veritably ransacked, uh, not just of things, but people. And as as they are teleported back to the apartments, they find that everyone in the building has been taken. Where did they go? Uh-oh. 
still a runaway series for me. Like so interesting. Really the lore involved. I like it. The mm-hmm. the story is kind of at a snail's pace in a way. Like the first two issues, I think, were like running out of the gate. This issue was a, a little lacking in plot, but definitely I mean, set some stuff up. I mean, right? it does. It yeah. it does set stuff up, and it, it's more of a like, okay, we've got uh the uh slam duck introduction to show you who these characters are and get you hooked into a yes. book in these first two issues. And this is just the movement into the story now. And yeah. um I really dug it, man. Uh, oh yeah. Ass remembering her whole past is going to introduce a fuck ton of awesome stories for my favorite bad girl. And yeah. that's kick ass. Um and it's funny that she chooses to stay in the spirit world to help people because, oh, man, she just does not know what's going on at home, huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, uh, other than the story, man, I mean, it's it, the art is really working for me here. It's like a split between modern comic art and manga, and it works really good for this title in much the same way that it did for Future State Gotham. Yeah. It, it, it just fits. Um, the story has me. There's a lot of layers for us to dig through, man. It oh, God, it, it, yeah. it doesn't just feel like a mystical story. It also feels like a mystery story. Yeah, in a way, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It does. It does have a lot of features to it for sure, and is beautiful to look at. The art is just fantastic. Yeah, it really is. I'm I'm trying to find out. I like I want to know what happens when you when you are in the spirit world for too long because they keep saying that it's bad for the living, but they never say how. I think it's it's an I I I want to say they they kind of touched on it in the first couple of issues. It's the idea that you'll you'll eventually lose yourself, and also that the spirits that are there longer, uh, long for the human spirit, um. The human body so like they they that's find right. yeah they, they, they will the they will hunt realm. down a living person that's in the spirit world yes yeah. but the lore involved in this just blows me away it's there's a lot of shit unfolding yeah. it, it's, it's all real lore speaking it's, it's of, all yeah. based on real life beliefs yep and and speaking of folding um it turns out that uh uh oh damn it what what's their name again Xanthi. Xanthi. It turns out that Xanthi's entire arsenal comes from origami. And I think that that is awesome. Like uh, they carry around a whole buttload of folded paper swords. But once they run out of the swords, that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I really dig that facet of it, too. Like I said, there's a lot of layers that keep me interested. Slight comedy. Slight mystery, slight mystical, and um, definitely not slight good story. So I gave it a 8.5. I gave the issue an 8 out of 10 just because of the what feels like a a bit of a slower issue, but still really good. Uh Still really freaking good. Agreed. All right. Now we jump into Batman Inc. number 10 brought to us by Josh. 
reviewed by Josh, brought to us by uh, Ed Brisson, John Timms on Art, Michelle Bandini, and David Lafuente um, as a part of that art team with John Timms, Rex Locus on Colors, and Clayton Cowles Lettering, with a cover done by Timms as well. So, like last time, the book is in a few different settings. Batman of China is in China, squaring off against Donnie Darko. Oh, I mean, Alpaca. Um, <laughs> <laughs> while uh, while Dark Ranger is holding up Wingman, who is dead, like dead, dead, killed by Corvus Call. And uh, he's got 14 minutes to kill Calvis, or everyone within a kilometer is going to go bye-bye. Uh, over with Night and Grey Wolf are there, there after day la- die laughing, uh, who has switched sides on the Joker. He he doesn't think very highly of Amanda Waller treatment with bombs in their heads and stuff. So he's like, man, fuck this guy. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, flip the page and we're looking at some Looney Tunes art with Clown Hunter and Raven Red taken on Dusty. And they do not come out on top. As a matter of fact, Clown Hunter, Clown Hunter ends up under a car. Um now it's another page Turner with Night Runner versus Charles de Gaulle, but he refuses to kill. Uh, I mean, I love Night Runner. He's like my favorite Batman ink character. I wish that he got more. He just seems cool in the little that I've ever got from him, but love his costume. Um, and he refuses to kill. Even after hearing what's up from Ghostmaker, he says, nope. Back to Dark Ranger. He'll take out Corvus by putting a massive crater in the ground and then sacrifices himself to tackle Corvus way deep down into the giant hole that he had created so that his explosion didn't hurt anybody else. Now the timer has moved on over to Dusty, while Ghostmaker and El Gaucho go after Alpaca, who has apparently convinced in some way, maybe mind control, probably mind control, Maybe the speech that they gave at the beginning of the book. But Alpaca has changed the mind of Batman of China to their side. So um, he's there to he's there to stop El Gaucho and Ghostmaker, in other words. Yeah, uh, the art is great, except for the Looney Tunes page. I'm not sure what was up there. If it was an homage to um, Looney Tunes because they were racing through the desert. I, I don't know. It didn't land. Oh, uh, the part with the was it clown dusty, hunter, dusty bronco? Yeah, and they're driving real fast through the with the car. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that's what it was. It's definitely a La Fuente art style, so yeah. we'll see. Um, just didn't land for me. The rest of the book is really, really good though. Really cooking. Um, they all have to pry this title out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> I have to know what's going to happen with this book. Yeah. I think it'll stick around a while. Um I fucking hope, man. I hope. Now that that whole bit, because it was I can only assume was Batman of Japan's Batmobile, which looked a lot like Speed Racer's car. It to did. me. The Mach Six. Yeah. So that <laughs> that which was also a, a Japan, a Japanese product. It was yep. an anime. One of one of the earliest. Oh, speed racer, go. Um, Astro Boy. 
Yeah, Astro Boy was like like the I think the original original anime. Not I I used to watch that Japan, but like the first one. Hell out of man. Yeah, Astro Boy and Speed Racer. Hell yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interrupting. <laughs> that's a story. That's a, that's a tangent we should go on one day. Um, sure. But Fist of the North Star. Hell yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um. No, that's that's where I was getting the vibe there with the car. I, I definitely like I could see that Looney Tunes side, but like I definitely got like, okay, this is oddly sure it's Batman of Japan and a guy wearing a weird looking helmet, yeah. but sure anime inspired. Okay, <laughs> that's that's where I got that that vibe. But um, well, we I, both I saw been... something there that wasn't regular comic book. How about exactly? That? Yeah. Uh I know I've been down on this book recently. It just hasn't been hitting with me. This issue was a little bit more interesting. Uh, it had a lot more action to it. It um, did. Didn't, like Spirit World, didn't really progress the plot, I would say. It's, but def- definitely had some moments. Definitely feels like we are launching towards the end of it. I think. Yeah. It, I think the I think this entire arc's wrapped up in twelve, and I hope it goes by. I hope it goes on far longer than that. Yeah, because I, I, I definitely this, agree with that. Yeah, this isn't. This is not going to last past two issues. No. Which means I don't have to wait long. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Just to see how it ends. Yeah. Yep. Eight point um, seven five out of ten from me. I, I gave it an eight out of ten. Still loving the art. Uh, did enjoy the book a bit more. I just again it was kind of slow in terms of plot progression, but it was a bit more exciting in terms of like action. So still kind of on the fence, but like I really enjoyed this issue more than I have in a few issues now. Uh, so you wait to like the issue when it's the issue that dark ranger and wingman die what is te- wrong technically with wingman man? died last year <laughs> technically he did <laughs> Damn. all right you got me. and we don't <laughs> know that night ranger's dead yet i mean it's not confirmed but he was holding on to the guy who's had he exploded, exploded yes you know but we all know in comic books and action movies they're not dead until you see a body especially if it's a superhero True enough. Especially if it's a Batman. True enough. Mm-hmm. Um, just another thing, die laughing, given that twist of a betrayal to the Joker. Mm-hmm. Not gonna end well for him, I think. He will literally be dying laughing. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. And I did not realize how fucking giant this guy was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's towering over them in this, and and I don't know. I it, I guess it wasn't drawn like that before, but he's massive. I laughing is huge. Yeah. Uh. All right. So that will bring us on over to Wildcats number nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Matthew Rosenberg with art from Danny Kim and Tom Derenick. Colors from Elmer Santos and letters from Farron Delgado. Uh, so picking up where we left off last issue, kind of, somewhat, sort of. Uh, kind of, okay. somewhat, sort of. So yes. let me let me say, like, <laughs> picking up 
where we left off last issue 10 minutes ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In another world. <laughs> uh, Cole Cash is entering the uh, bomb shelter cell vault or whatever the thing is that is holding the void. Uh, and this will be during the time that uh, his teammates are fighting off Zana. Uh, they are just talking and the void is just being very cryptic, but also very open about how she knows who he is, why he's there, where he's from, and he needs to go back in order to save the world. Not their world. Their world is doomed. But Come with me if you want His me. world. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, she does not have enough power to teleport him away in the vault uh, or wherever the hell the building, the room is called. Uh, it's and, being piped in with like the yeah, void some, version of kryptonite dust. Yeah, just sapping her powers. Uh, and like almost quite literally because she says that it's, um, she believes that the dust is from the source of her powers. Yeah. Which, I mean... You know, I mean, Superman's come anyway. Yeah, there's, there's it's, a, it's a lot of parallels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and it just over the years has weakened her to the point that even if she walks away and gets an energy boost, it's not going to be enough to teleport her away. The only way to unleash enough energy is to kill her, uh, and that is where we end up. Uh, where the last issue ended with Cole pointing a gun at the Void's head. Meanwhile, in Earth Prime, I really need to confirm what the Earth is called. Earth. Earth. Yeah, I was going to don't don't say I was going to say don't say Earth. (laughs) But yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say I much prefer the the word Terra. 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 Gaia. Or Gaia, but as in in an intergalactic version i like the gaia means better earth but all the rest of the words for earth are dirt exactly but we're so much more than dirt there's water too and ice gaia is a good one and florida i mean we've all got a mole (laughs) on our back right (laughs) yeah we should get that surgically removed Oh man, I'm hoping a hurricane does it for us. I'm a horrible guy. No, uh, see, they, they, as Spock said, the sacrifice of a few for the benefit of a many, or however it went. <laughs> I somehow I don't think that's what he was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. The know. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, but like I still don't think that's what yeah. he was trying to say. <laughs> I think I think the world would. I think the world needs to lose a little bit of Florida. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I can agree there. Or Hopefully at least a little Florida governor. <laughs> yeah. And like hurricanes won't work on Florida anymore. You know this because when one will start to come off the coast, they'll just point their fans towards it and blow it away. Oh, I didn't realize that's how it worked. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you remember last time there was a hurricane? They tried that. No. I think during COVID. You never heard about that? Not that I'm aware. Oh fuck! It was hilarious. <laughs> it was during COVID, wow. I'm pretty sure. And like one of the I mean, biggest hurricanes in recent history was like heading towards the coast. So a bunch of people got some 
table or uh, some okay, floor, okay. floor standing floor right. fans. So this was and pointed it towards the hurricane, not the to blow it off course. <laughs> not the official stance from the state of Florida. Got well, from what I remember, and I could be wrong. I might be misremembering because it was a while ago. Um, that got picked up. I mean, obviously, it became national news because I heard about it up in Ontario. Right. And I think some form of the government pushed for it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. How much do you hate that they're your state neighbor? I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I think the governor of Florida looks like a Superman parade balloon. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. I just know he's a dumbass. Oh, he's a dickhead. Yeah. Did you know that this guy, when he was when he was dating, when he was looking for women to spend the rest of his life with, he okay. would intentionally mispronounce words, and if they corrected him, he would never call them back. Oh, so he's insecure. Yes, very, very much so. Abusive, insecure. He probably lost his penis in a farming accident when he was very young he's got a lot to make up for there's no reason why he would be walking around with his chest puffed up that much if he wasn't trying to prove that he still had testicles is he one of those idiots that calls himself an alpha male oh yes absolutely and and he works in politics yes absolutely okay that's never a good way. You're supposed to be the. You're supposed to be for the people. You can't be yeah. about yourself. And and that's it's it's in my humble opinion that there's no such thing as an alpha male in politics. There shouldn't be. There there isn't. It's impossible. Right. <laughs> the two don't mix. <laughs> you can't be an alpha male and then say, okay, I'm going to go sit in an office and have people yell at me for six hours. I'm going to yell back, but we're not going to get anywhere. Like this this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. (laughs) Can I do this from home? (laughs) All right. Well, I think that was enough of politics or else you'll get me going on and starting a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Batman Inc. Like always, man, Ed Brisson has been killing it. And I mean, Bandini and La Fuente, La Fuente and his signature art style, I'm not that big of a fan of, but everything else is just man, I love it. Yeah. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to have uh Ed Brisson come back on after he wraps up this art. Definitely. See where he's going next. Yeah, I would like to be a part of that interview. Absolutely. Great. Um what the hell? Okay, so in Wildcats, we're now. <laughs> I just realized I didn't look at this before, but it's it's the home of the Beef Boys. <laughs> yes. Okay. Home I, of the Beef Boys. Beef Boys. All right. Where this mysterious benefactor has shown up to, um, I believe it's Lady Tron's apartment. Yes. The home of the Beef Boys. Yes. Apparently. That okay. Lady Tron is into some freaking shit. Okay. I, I got to look more into this. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I mean, go ahead. She's into some freaky shit. Lady Tron is amazing. <laughs> she she, she freaking diggy. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I I love Lady Tron. Um, <laughs> all right. So he is being very cryptic 
about basically everything. But at the end of the day, he wants the Wildcats to come work for him to take out Halo, uh, fight back against them, save their lives, and stop the criminal mastermind of uh, Halliday. Halliday, thank you. Yeah, uh, who now that is in control of Halo. Fucking prick. Oh, God, yeah. And he's, he's also a, a member of the Court of Owls. And surprise, those surprise. are all pricks. They're all pricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the seven, yeah, seven, I was going to say the B team, but seven soldiers, I forgot they had a name, are interrogating. <laughs> uh, they, they are interrogating Threshold. No, Voodoo. 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 Sorry. Threshold is the asshole in the red suit. Yes, I I got the the name wrong. Yep. Did I mention I'm tired? (laughs) Yes, I hear Uh, you. Yeah, they're interrogating Voodoo uh, and get a bit of information, head to where they think um, Marlo is hiding and instead find a robot servant uh, (laughs) who is very funny and blows (laughs) people up. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. What what is it that he says before he blows them up? He's uh, hello, may I be of some assistance? You fuckers appear to be lost. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, <laughs> you fuckers appear to be lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm only not... <laughs> assuming it's fuckers. The right amount of characters could also be bitches. Uh, it's probably fuckers. And I yeah. when when I read that, I heard it in Kellex's voice. <laughs> and that was my reaction too. <laughs> yeah. Hello. You fuckers appear to be lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so with all that, the team still doesn't trust this guy. But Voodoo is able uh during the interrogation to free herself and jump out a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's a motherfucking hundred stories up. Yeah, hundred. Um, st- she just like floop, just does a backflip. Exactly. Uh, she thinks she's Batman or some shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely see where that goes. Uh, but the Wildcats team is still trying to figure out what's going on with this old guy. He makes a call or takes a call, and uh, realizes or finds out that Voodoo is uh, being interrogated and they need to rally up right now or people will be coming to kill everyone in the next few minutes. Uh, Lady Tron still tells him to go choke on a dick, but everyone else agrees to join him. So Lady Tron will most likely follow suit. Yeah, she just likes to bitch a lot. Yeah. Uh, And finally, in the other universe... Uh, Cole is pointing the gun now back to where we left off last issue at the void. Max comes in, excuse me, sees what's happening, tries to talk him down, but then Xana shows up and there's a bit of a fight. Max goes after Xana. Cole holds him back, but then Xana stabs Max in the heart and Cole watches his brother die again. Uh, And then Xana tries again to get him to join her brings him in close, they kiss, and then Cole shoots her in the chest, yeah. killing so he, Xana. He accidentally kills his brother and then has to kill the love of his life. Yeah. Which sucks. Uh, and, I mean, that's and then not he shoots easy. the void. Yeah. Yeah. 
which he uh, he doesn't have a problem doing that. No, he's Grifter has more than enough issues with the void, and for some kind of valid reasons. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's where we end off. Uh, hell of an issue, my good sir. Hell of an issue, indeed, dude. I fucking love this book. Um, I want, and, and it's not even fair to con- to to compare the two, but just because there's a lot of espionage, and ultimately that's the backbone of both titles. I hope the vigil gets as interesting as this. Yeah. Um, I love the I espionage really stories uh, that are pulled off well in DC. Um, but in Wildcats, man, especially, I've just always loved this book. And you have to have that crazy, too, in Wildcats. Um, this has it all in Ace's story, all of it. Art is fucking gorgeous. Um, story's right where it needs to be. And the voice for every character just continues to be spot on, man. Uh, Rosenberg, he... Uh, takes on some characters that nobody else really wants to touch and or or has a good story for him and not only does he do them and make them interesting but he makes them damn good there's nobody else that could have made a a book about a task force of zombies led by red hood interesting (laughs) and he pulled it off um 8.75 out of 10 like I, all day I agree. Long. That's that's the exact same score I gave it. It's just an, a very good series, very interesting, very funny, very well written. I am speaking from a place that, again, I as I've said in the past, I don't know Wildcats too well, but I'm gonna say that this definitely feels like a love letter to that whole run and to these characters mm-hmm. in a way. It definitely has that feel to it so it's all of it man yeah and oh yeah it's only it's is wild is wild wildcats is limited isn't it no i think i think it's ongoing now hell yeah all right i'm super happy about that now mm-hmm. i feel unstoppable just like the doom patrol in Dealy do written by <laughs> Dennis Culver, art by David Lafuente. Again, we see him here. Brian Reber colors, Pat Brazil art, and uh, the cover came from Reber and Chris Burnham. Inside the shelter somewhere in Kansas, Dr. Cinco, definitely a Doom Patrolish name, explains yeah. how five fifth dimensional beings merged into her face. And they want to play shrinks for heroes. Um, they know everything. They're fifth dimensional. So. Uh, and also they want to go by Jerry, by the way. Uh, one by one, we see the Doom Patrol members uh, pop in for a session. It gives us a blip of their background. Um, some bad stuff. They're reminded of good stuff. Um At the end of all of the sessions, the doctor asks the chief if any of them want to come out, but the chief says that even Jane is happy, though we see in the mirror that she definitely does not look like she is. We think chief is keeping Jane out of the picture for her own personal gain. I don't think she wants to let loose of control. Chunky art in the book. Um, 
but it somehow didn't bother me. I guess you expected to get funky the moment you open up the cover of a Doom uh, of a Doom Patrol book. Um, this was probably this was probably important. It just kind of felt like a filler issue. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's a good time, and it's the Doom Patrol. So once again, it's funky. That's all there is to this one, though. So. I, I guess I left it feeling a, a little light. Um, seven out of ten. That's that is where I I landed on it, and I'm I'm kind of bummed out because I'm a Doom Patrol fan, and I want to give that at least an eight. Um, I can definitely agree, uh, but I did kind of appreciate it in a different light, only because it gave you backstory on the characters that through this series they've talked about or teased at Mm -hmm. but never really gave you great detail and if you were not a person that was reading doom patrol back in the day you wouldn't have known all this stuff so to give this that's very true yeah to give this as a bit of a reintroduction to these characters and an introduction to these characters histories for people that have not read it i i can appreciate that um, especially myself being someone who hasn't read all of Doom Patrol, I didn't know some of these little intricate details. So it, it fills in some blanks and gives you uh, an origin. I don't remember the little purple cat girl's name, uh, but gives you an origin for that character and where they come from. Because they weren't in the original series, if I remember right. They're new for this story. Yes. Yeah. So it gives you a bit there, but it definitely like it still felt like a filler issue. And I think this is still a limited series, so it's kind of weird. Um, I guess we'll see where it goes, if anything. Purple, Being number cat, four, girl, like, purple cat girl reminds me of Depression Cat, and that I can't I can't not see that when I'm looking at her. I can't remember what her name is. I should probably bring that up, but um, I don't know who Depression Cat is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Depression Cat is uh um oh hell, what cartoon is that on? Human resources, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I anyway, I love it. I didn't watch it. Um I like vile humor and you're too good for it because you're a Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate vile humor to the point where it's not just like dicks, dicks, dicks over and over again. It's just you didn't like the kids in the hall reboot. No, that was fine. That, that was that, fine. That started out with a whole lot of dicks, dicks, dicks. Yes, it, it started out with a lot of Dave Foley's dick. Yes, it did. There was <laughs> Just, a lot of Dave Foley dick. Very random, very in your face and not expecting it because the original show did not have nudity like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's a little messed up. Eh? But it was I do hope they do a second season of that show. Well deserved. <laughs> All right, um, Doom Patrol, though, I still really enjoyed it. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, sum up, yeah, it still felt like a filler issue, but I I appreciate for what it was, what they gave to us. Well, yeah, I mean, I get, sometimes I forget with books like this, it, it, it does help people to know what the, you know, it's it's nice for people to get the get the origin stories, the backstories of of these characters, because you know characters like the Doom Patrol they aren't common pop knowledge, and sometimes yeah. I forget that. So, 
Um, that's the thing when you have characters that that are like so old now, and I'm gonna say characters from the 80s and 90s at this point will be old. Um, oh yeah, especially characters like that that haven't really had any proper stories in the past 20 fucking years. It's it's going to be hard for modern readers to really care about these characters unless they already know about them. Right, indeed. Um, there's there's been some instances where those characters literally know how old they are. Yeah, like uh, like in our next book, where Wally, or excuse me, where Roy knows he's fifty two or something. Is it, isn't that this one? What? <laughs> I believe. It. Well, I mean, Roy is in the next one, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I will I will get to it myself while you are talking about it, kind All of. All right. Thank you. So because I'm very fucking curious, unless I just forgot about it. Uh this is the premiere issue of a another series. And I think I could be wrong. I think this is six issues. Um, I think it's all. I think it's a limited series. the The first issue doesn't have that on it, but I remember reading somewhere recently. I think it's a six issue limited series. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, this is the world's finest Teen Titans, a spinoff of World's Finest Batman Superman, brought to us by Mark Wade on writing duties with art from Emanuela Lupacino. Colors from Jordi Belair and letters from Steve Wands. And I know I forgot to write down the cover, even though I thought I did. Uh, the cover brought to us from Chris Samney and Mateus Lopez. Uh, so we open on an introduction to this Fab Six lineup of Teen Titans as they take down a demonic cult trying to sacrifice some people to some edgelord demon that wants to invade the world. Seems like the status quo for the Teen Titans, doesn't it? Taking on demons just seems like nature to them. Uh, So you have Kid Flash, you have Roy Harper playing Speedy, you have Aqualad and Wonder Girl in a situation ship, you have Bumblebee, and you have Robin together fighting demons, kicking ass, taking names. Uh, So they win the day, and then Robin finds out that Speedy has been live-streaming the entire fight, and he's actually doing that a lot, to the point that Robin has an issue with that. Uh, Namely, the victims might not want to be shown on camera, but Kid Flash shows up with some waivers signed by them, so that's already taken care of. They get into a huge fight about it, uh, and some of the team kind of take sides but they end up just leaving it be for the time being we then see the various sidekicks meeting up with their adult counterparts and talking about their adventures where barry diana and arthur are very supportive of the teen titans uh being together and having fun but batman is just being batman and not overly thrilled <laughs> because he doesn't trust a bunch of superpower teenagers with very little training uh, to go out into the world by themselves and not put everyone in danger again because he's Batman. Uh, that was I, in the flash, by the way. That wasn't here. That's why I said Wally. Okay, never mind. You said Roy. I corrected myself after oh, I said Wally. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. See, okay, now that's that. Okay, <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, how is Broy think he's fifty-two when he's a teenager? <laughs> He's been around for a long ass time. yeah, but this is like twenty years ago. But it's not because it's he's live <laughs> streaming on Instagram. is it Instagram? Well, he's live streaming. That wasn't happening twenty years ago, homie. <laughs> Yeah. 20 years ago is only 2002. I'm more than aware. People could Yeah. upload videos and shit, but there was no Facebook Live in 2020 in 2002. Not, not Facebook, but I'm pretty sure you were able to live stream something, but you had to be like, there was certainly no like portable drones. No, there definitely weren't any drones. Yeah, so maybe this is 10 years ago. Okay, maybe. Maybe. It could be five years in the future. There's literally no telling. I mean, They they're just. they're younger, <laughs> so probably not the future. <laughs> um, end of though. All the uh, partners are uh, the adult partners are supportive. Batman is not. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, Speedy is talking to Green Arrow, we think, but he's really just talking to himself because Green Arrow is too busy to actually be there for Roy. Um, kind of a letdown and a bit of a shame. Uh, so the team team up again for their next Question venture. is, is this before or after the heroin addiction? I'm going to say before. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so they, they are now teamed up the next day at their next mission and Florida. God Are you shitting damn it. me? <laughs> Pensacola Beach in Florida fighting <laughs> the separated man. well, I should let just them call take him Florida it. man. They should Um, just call him Florida man. It's the yeah. exact same thing. <laughs> Florida Only man, in Florida separated would man, somebody smoke separated bath from salts society. and eat people. Wasn't that Texas? No, that was Florida. That was Florida? That was Florida. That makes more sense now. People be smoking bath salts over the whole country. You do it in Florida, you fucking eat people. <laughs> What in the fuck? <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother story. Continue. <laughs> All right, so they are ganging up, uh, ganging up on the separated man and taking the fight to him. He gets a bit of an upper hand. Um... They have a serum to nullify his powers, and but their plan falls apart as Bumblebee was supposed to drop it into his mouth, but gets knocked into the ocean. So Dick reluctantly gives it to Roy, who ties it to an arrow, winks at the camera, <laughs> Robin yells at him, and he lets the arrow loose, shows it down the guy's throat, and uh, wins the day. And then Robin and Roy... have yet another fight about live streaming um to which roy kind of wins that but then everybody's still kind of against roy for that because he went too far it's like we all know who we who the each of us are but we don't know who the hell you are and then we see a little flashback of dick trying to ask batman and he says absolutely not uh, about revealing his identity what everybody else has uh so he's loyal to bats That's all he can do. Yeah, this is something that's um far from new in the in the Yeah. Robin and the Titans thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely. it's pretty much always Yeah. 
Uh, and then we finish out in a warehouse in the warehouse district outside Metropolis. A man called Hilo is meeting up with a shadowy figure uh, in one of the warehouses. <clears throat> Excuse me. This guy has somewhat of a luck-based power, but it's not very powerful. He's just extra lucky. Um, but is and- he? No, no, because he gets struck by lightning due to the powers of apparently the shadowy figure who has an agenda and is building a better Teen Titans. Whether it's villains or heroes remains to be seen, but Hilo was a criminal of sorts. So, <laughs> oh, I do, I do believe that that panel ties in with another thing that is mentioned later on. In another book that we're covering. Okay. In the bonus show. Bonus show. show. (laughs) All right. Uh, And that is where we finish off with Teen Titans. World's Finest Teen Titans. I'm very curious myself what connection you have there. You will see. Okay. It is. It is. (laughs) It is. uh, Is there any chance that. Um, do you think that there's any chance that this title could be tied at all to Night Terrors in any way? So based off the first issue and yeah. knowing what it's spun out of, I would say no. All right. I wouldn't have seen that. But if you're onto something, I'm very curious. Insomnia in a later issue brings up the terror titans and in a later issue we see a superhero wearing a color wearing the colors of a supervillain but to hear more about that stuff you are going to have to hear the uh bonus show and no i promise i didn't set that up like a promo for it but that's just where we're at kind of just organically happened yes yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as for World's Finest Teen Titans, though, in this show, really fucking good. I got to say, like, Mark Wade has such a voice. World's Finest has blown my mind of how entertaining it is and exciting. This doesn't have that same excitement, but it's still really good. And it's a look back at the classic Teen Titans lineup. Um, And just feeling like adventures from that era of DC Comics, but modernized and much like World's Finest Batman Superman is. And it's just good. I I really enjoy it. 8.75 out of 10. Art's fantastic. Team is great choice. Uh, Story's really good. It is. Mm -hmm. Brandon would love it. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Um, for me though, uh, I okay, it's got really decent art from Luputina and Belair. Um, there's no real setup for anything here though, and that's where my problems are with it. There's like no story. Well, that's what the last all. page was. I mean, one tiny little panel, and then the rest of it was 24 pages of, of I mean, honestly, I don't know. It was, it was, I, I feel like this is, I don't know, empty. It, it just, it felt super empty to me. 
um it's got good art and it's cool to see these guys written together in a book again but um it's not dan mora so he can't save you here <laughs> and and um until i see more of it uh i'm not impressed i'm just not impressed mm-hmm. uh, i gave it a six out of ten myself damn that's a shame so yeah, it, I, if if the story breaks open next issue, and we start and 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 it starts getting interesting, it could very well uh, work out. I mean, with with World's Finest, I started like way up high, and then it just kind of swung all the way down for me. And maybe if this is going to start off super low, <laughs> maybe it'll swing all the way up. For maybe. Me. <laughs> but it like if it is if i remembered right that it is only six issues like it's going to be very limited story there's not going to be much time for that swing up uh i I'll, i can tell you right now though where i think the story is going to go it's based on the last page there's a rival teen titans team being formed which i'm kind of on the fence about because it's been done so many freaking times mm-hmm. but i'll wait and see who's on the team first to really pass judgment because it might be really interesting um and depending on who the shadowy figure is, like that could change the entire fucking game. Never trust a guy in a hood. Exactly. <laughs> unless his name is Jason. I was going to say especially, but unless Jason's good. Yeah, but Jason don't wear a hood. He's just called hood. He wears masks. He sometimes has a hood. His current costume's got a hood. Well, I mean, if he, you know, flips it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like new 52 Shazam where it's just there. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Um, what the fuck was I saying? <laughs> right. So they got that coming. And then this team's going to debut sometime in issue three, I think, are going to go up against Teen Titans. And there's going to be a schism involved between Roy and Dick over what the hell's going to happen. And they're going to lose. And by the end, in issue five, the team's going to come together stronger than ever. Maybe a seventh member joins, and then they take the fight back to the evil Teen Titans and win the day. That's where I think the story is going to go. Evil Teen Titans and then the Terror Titans mentioned by Insomnia. That was the connection that I had. Yeah. But anyway, Ernie Bird. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Um, did I get my score? I think so. Yeah. An Just eight? in case. 8.75. Yeah. 8.75. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Dang. Well, All I, right. I really enjoyed a lot this week, dude. Yeah. I did. Um, it doesn't sound like it with the last two issues, but I really did enjoy a lot this week. Yeah, uh, there's there's actually some pretty good books this week. In fact, uh, why don't we talk about them? Uh, All right. Our top three. Top three. And favorite moment if you had one. I did. I usually do. There were so many similar scores this week. And I honestly, I, I, I sat down and I'm sitting here thinking about it. And, and uh, not the first time I've had to do that, but this time it didn't work. Um, this is DC's fault for putting that many books into this week that I really like. So blame them. <laughs> uh, 
Number three, I am going to give to Night Terrors Zatanna and Night Terrors Shazam. Both of those were rather impressive entries into the Night Terrors um, story. Uh, second place, I'm giving to both Batman Inc. and Spirit World. Both of them have me so pulled in and intrigued by what's going to happen next. I I, uh, I wish there was so much more because I don't want to put the books down. And, and number one, um, every issue is a love letter to the original team. And I love it. Wildcats just kicks ass and uh, continues to do so. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, that's part of my favorite moment, hearing that the Wildcats are going after Halliday and Halo. That just makes me happy. This has huge event written all over it it really could be it could be huge involving the titans involving amanda waller this this story could be the event but instead we're in dream world with dead man um so that makes mine uh uh because i know that i'm i'm gonna be reading some really killer stories no matter what with the wildcats um but getting some answers about the damn night terror stones and stuff was something i desperately needed before i started hating on all of these for being guilty by association and you'll find out which book that i'm talking about in the bonus show how about you rob i i got lost in your top three <laughs> You got lost in my top three. My top three short <laughs> short version are Night Terrors Zatanna and Night Terrors Shazam. All right. Number two is Batman Inc. and Spirit World. Okay. And number one is Wildcats. Okay. So right. I had five top three. <laughs> you guys Math. are rubbing off on me. <laughs> Rare enough. Fair enough. Uh, my top three uh number three kind of a tie but one little tidbit pushed this one over uh night terrors zatanna for me uh it was night terrors green lantern and simply because it's the only tie-in so far that not only ties into night terrors but ties into its ongoing series as well <laughs> yep it, yeah it, it does it flows it does a pretty good right out of the issue yeah like i actually appreciated that it feels like it's not really taking a two month break. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, that helps that it's being written by the ongoing creative team. So that's exactly good. Jeremy Adams is the guy behind that. And he took care of Flash. So I know he's going to take care of Hal. Exactly. Uh, so that, that got number three. Number two, I had Wildcats number nine. And number one uh, was World's Finest Teen Titans number one, uh, which was for me highly entertaining. Uh, both those books got uh, the highest scores this week uh, at 8.75. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to see what I got to say about KT Green Lantern, check out the bonus show. Um, being a Lantern fan, I got quite a lot to say. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot to say. Got a lot to say. Yep. Uh, favorite moments, I really couldn't think of one before we started recording but i figured talking about the books this week i was probably going to pick one through our reviews and i did and it's uh the robot butler 
uh, asking, <laughs> can, I, can I help you fuckers out? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you fuckers seem to be lost. Yeah, that uh, was fantastic. All right. Uh, any last minute thoughts, tidbits, hints, teases, trailers, ideas, opinions? Uh, no, I just I want to. I want to like the Teen Titans, so I'm hoping the next issue is kick ass. I can get behind that. That's fair. I I do hope it does pick up because I I get where you're coming from with the story was kind of lacking, but like I can see where Mark Wade might be bringing the plots. It just doesn't feel like a great plot, but I really enjoyed his voices and I enjoyed the art. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic right now. Uh, all right. So with that, See, that, I didn't I didn't know Speedy, but shortly before, um, his uh, heroin problem. So if this was Speedy's voice, I was I'm completely unaware of it, and um, it uh, it's horrifying. Yeah, I, I I don't think that any of the voices of these characters right now are going to be what the voices were like in the 60s. <laughs> like, I don't think this Speedy is is carbon copy of the Speedy from back then, but it's definitely what Roy would be like, like the Roy we have now, what it'd be like as a kid. So like he's. Instead of taking the 60s Teen Titans, it feels like Mark Wade is taking the characters we have now and Aging just them down. Yeah, how would they be like 10 years younger? Gotcha. Yeah. Which I I kind of get. I, I can appreciate that because we all know comics from the 60s and 70s way different from how they'd be read now. Well, I mean, way if that's different. how if that's how you're looking at it across the board, like um with Batman and Superman being set 10 years ago too. I mean, that eliminates a lot of their timeline and age problems. And uh, that's all the people who aren't very happy with the main universe and the people that have been included in it. It gives them something to read. Yeah. Yeah. That said, super glad to see Bumblebee on the team. Yes, very much so. And I am hoping to see maybe a couple more surprise characters near the end of the run, I'll say, miniseries. Uh, All right, but with that, that is our show. Uh, Remember, if you feel like supporting us, check out our Discord server for only $2.99 a month. To get a link to that, visit our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com, for links to not only our Discord, but Twitter, Instagram, and much more. So be careful out there. Remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.